0: PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Over the Top Cycling. I guess today it's going to be over the top trekking. From a snowy boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. Happy May Day. And we're on the line with Pamela Creech, who's just returned from the Himalaya. Uh, Nice to have you back. Good
1: morning. Thank you.
0: Sounds like it's snowy out where you are right now as well.
1: It is. I'm sitting on my bed with my dog and cat, and it is definitely snowing. It looks like it's ski weather.
0: Yeah, they shut down a little too early this year.
1: I think... They could have got another few weeks out of the season here, George.
0: <laughs> well, when I, <laughs> I mean, I hate to just play Facebook up here, but you know, I'm following you and seeing all these beautiful pictures that you're sending back Mount Everest and trekking through the Himalaya. I was like, Pamela, I have to talk to you when you get back. So thank you very much.
1: <laughs> My pleasure, George. It's It was a great trip and I, I love to share the trip as, as I did on Facebook. It was it was, as I say, it was one of my top five trips of my lifetime.
0: How did you come up with, okay, I mean, it's a dream, it's I want to do this, but how did you actually make it happen?
1: I I read the book Into Thin Air like 20 years ago when it came out. I went mountaineering in Bolivia a few years ago, and I went with the guide, uh, one of the guides for Mountain Madness, and I I... Learn from Bolivia. Twenty thousand feet is pretty tough physically because of the, the thin air. Um, but I saw that they had a trip um, to go to the the Everest Base Camp, which I thought was a a good compromise. Instead of trying to make it twenty nine thousand feet, I felt like seventeen thousand five hundred was doable. So I basically just um, made a reservation to make it happen this year.
0: And what was it like? How did you prepare? How did you train to get ready for that?
1: It, it's an endurance. Basically, to to trek to Everspace Camp is an endurance event, of course, with the altitude and, and, and other factors mixed in. But my training basically consisted of going to the gym, doing some uh, lower body, a little bit of upper body strength, strength training, some jogging with my dog and Hiking up and down the mountains around Flagstaff with my dog, and hiking
0: in the mountains—I mean, obviously—sounds like a great thing to do. But you're talking around seven thousand feet, and you're going to seventeen. What's the difference?
1: Um, the difference is basically it's a, the it's more a thing of. The, I think the biggest difference is going to be the altitude. It, uh, it becomes more difficult obviously at that altitude my um we, we were all instructed to take Diamox during the trip and and I decided to opt out of that because I was doing well my oxygen we had a, a pulse oximeter with us which measures your oxygen but the the difference seemed to happen acutely for me around 15 16,000 feet my oxygen started to plummet I started to feel terrible so the difference I'd say is mostly the altitude and then of course um depending on the level of endurance training that you take that's that plays a factor in, in it as well
0: so even living at 7000 it still doesn't prepare you to go double that
1: no it does not <laughs> it helps but um the of course and the the better the physical condition you're in that helps and and of course endurance the the more endurance and strength you have climbing up mountains and so on that helps uh we had one guy on the trip from Florida and he had no altitude training and he did he did quite well so i think he he did some some endurance training which served him well but again your your ox your lack of oxygen because of the low partial pressure is is probably one of the largest factors everybody goes a little bit slower is a little bit quieter at dinner time and um things like that a few more headaches on the trip
0: what is the trail like that you follow and how big was your group
1: we traveled with a group um are you including the porters and sherpas or just the trekkers we had like 12 or 13 porters and sherpas who managed the yaks and uh we had 10 trekkers which is an which is kind of a small group. I think last year's earthquake discouraged a lot of people from wanting to go, but the movie Everest encouraged a lot of people who might not otherwise think of it to go, but there was 10 trekkers, 13 porters, and one guide. So what do you pack? (laughs) I try to pack. I'm a minimalist. I really try to pack as little as I can. Um, I had some, you know, Simply put, you have uh, your hand wash. That's very important to keep your hands sanitized on these trips since there's no fresh running water. Um, I had two pair of pants, about three or four pair of socks, um, few changes of underwear, two a thick heavy jacket, a heavy down jacket for Everest, a lighter jacket, a shell, a couple of hats, a buff to try to filter out some of the dust on the trail, um, I took one pair of trekking shoes and my chacos. Uh, I was the only person that was trekking in in uh, in uh, tennis shoes, but it, it worked out well for me. Uh, a hat to block the sun, some sunscreen, sleeping bag, sleeping bag liner, um, but gloves. I think those are probably the things that come to mind immediately, George.
0: And are you
1: carrying that, or in are the porters?
0: Are you carrying it in a backpack? Correct.
1: I I would basically it, it, we would start the morning out with the backpack we'd have a uh, 2 liter bottles of water and I would carry just what I needed for that day until we were going to stop for the night and then we'd have the yaks and the porters would carry the rest of the st- equipment.
0: And what was a typical day? How far would you trek?
1: Uh, it varied. I would say any front thing from 8 to 5 I'm going to guess 15 miles maybe and uh, well, on the way back from Everest. It was much easier because we were going down in the altitude and we had more descents than climbing. So it was much, it was a longer day, but it was it was much quicker than trying to climatize and go, uh, go up in altitude.
0: Now you weren't out there in climbing season. So were the numbers less on the trail?
1: Um, I I think that the numbers were less actually. I the our guide said that the that the there were uh, not as many people on the trail as there normally are.
0: And when you got to Everest, I mean actually actually before then, how far off can you actually see the actual mountain?
1: You can start to see the mountain. We we I would have to look at a map, but we uh stayed at Namche Bazaar um two nights and we took an acclimatization hike and we were able to see Everest from probably four or five days, um, four or five days hike away. So yeah. I would guess probably from 30, 40 miles, we were able to see it.
0: And I live in the front range of the Rocky mountains and still coming out when you're in, you get into the 14ers in Rocky mountain national park or, anywhere in the state. It's just spectacular. What is it like to see a mountain, a series of mountains that are, you know, in the upper twenties?
1: It was, it was, um, I have to say I was filled with gratitude and awe. Um, the hiking was beautiful. It was just, it it was just felt like a, a smorgasbord of, of, uh, it was there's so many beautiful things there Georgia it was like we saw Everest we saw all all these different great mountains all around us and they had different different physical things about them that, that made them beautiful but it was there were so many beautiful things out there it was just it was like hard to pick there were beautiful trees the people were different there were Buddhists there were Hindu there were yaks and zokios and mountain streams and bridges that it was just so many things to look at. It was just constantly uh, there was just a lot to take in.
0: I would think your camera must just be going nonstop.
1: Yes, I kept it handy. It was. I kept it in my. <laughs> I had a little pocket on my the side of my pants, and it was. It came in and out quite a bit. I know that several other trekkers said they took two thousand photos on the trip.
0: Now, what was it like when you got to Everest Base Camp? Were there any people there yet that were preparing to climb again? I mean, it wasn't climbing season.
1: There were people; they were starting to come in as about the same time that we were. the The typical acclimatization um, uh, the the time that they normally spend at base camp is like a week just to acclimatize at seventeen thousand five hundred feet, and then they start moving up. They take hikes from there climatization is interesting. I always thought, well, when you if, you, if you're staying at one place, you're going to sit around and read a book. Well, that's not what happens. They go out for several hours and they'll climb up the mountains in the area. They'll climb up to another base camp for halfway and then come back out. So um, yeah, base camp is very expansive. It's, it's a very expansive place. I always pictured it being kind of like a little a little area, kind of like a football field, but it's I, I would guess it's about a mile long and probably a quarter of a mile wide. And there's, it's tents from one end to the next and there's a medical tent, but it's a very busy place with a lot of people.
0: And did you stay there?
1: We spent one night there. Yes. We had, because we were, you, you do have to get a permit to stay at base camp. A lot of people were disappointed leaving as we were going in, but you you have to be with, you have to be, uh, with a group or or have a permit ahead of time to stay at base camp and we were fortunate that we got to stay right next to the kumbu icefall and the uh, emergency tent so we had some interesting experiences
0: and what just the feeling of history that's there that had to be overwhelming
1: it, it is you feel like you're in a place where there's many stories that are told and life-changing experience have occurred and and of course, there's always a tension at Everest, at Mount Everest. The discovery team were, were taking their cameras; they had their boxes loaded with their cameras. While we were headed there, we were passing them on the trail, back and forth. But it, it's a place of great history, and it, it holds fascination, even if, even if you don't know all of the history. It, it's a very fascinating place. Well, of course, there were loss of lives last year from the avalanches and. Uh, when we went hiking over to, we were fortunate to get to go to the Kumbu Ice Falls and climb on it a little bit. There were like pans and and different things that looked like from camps that were further up or that had perhaps come down with the avalanches last year. But but even while we were there, we heard like I woke up in the night and and I woke my tent mate and I said, "Do you hear that?" And she said, "Those are avalanches." And we were like four, we heard like four avalanches the night we were there. So it's it's a place of interest present and and past it's just it's a place that's not not in the least bit boring it's a place of definite activity and life
0: now the ice fall you did not cross any crevasses walking across a ladder did you
1: no, we didn't. We, we uh, climbed up. Uh, we were Like I said, we got to climb up part of the icefall, probably like the least dangerous part, which is close to the camp. We, we just kind of got to, to get our feet wet on the icefall, which I think was supposed to be a special privilege in itself. But we got to climb up a little bit and get a few pictures, and then, and then uh, we went back to our camp.
0: And what did it leave you – what was your impression of Everest when you finally left? Was it, I want to come back? Or were you thinking, yeah, this was good to see, and now I'm going to go ahead and move on?
1: I think it, I was, I feel like my objective was just to see it um, personally, and so I felt like my objective was met. Um, I There's just such such danger and unpredictability of the mountain as well as hardship just getting to the top that it didn't there was no draw to everyone to climb it but i felt a great a great happiness to to have been able to see it and to to uh just to get to have that experience with the people and and the country it was a beautiful experience i wouldn't trade for anything
0: and what was the mood of the group when you were there of your team
1: uh, like I said, we were, we were actually a little bit quiet. Like I said, we were all suffering from altitude symptoms and we, you know, we, since we were just there one night, we didn't have much time to acclimatize, but we were very, we were, it's like we were happy and we enjoyed the experience and it was amazing. Um, but we were all pretty quiet, at least while we were there. We, we, uh, went to the Ice Icefall and went to the emergency medical tent and, and we watched the Sherpas come down at night. We we actually, after dinner, uh, we went outside and watched the headlamps. We could see the headlamps coming down the icefalls. They had been setting the ladders and ropes. But, but the mood was, I think it was exciting, but we were pretty quiet just because of the altitude.
0: And then what was the mood like on the return trip? Were you disappointed that it was coming to an end?
1: Um, I think... It was it, we were still enjoying the trip it was it was disappointing, but it was it was the expected part of the trip but we we still had the excitement of and my it, the excitement for me was flying out of Lukla. I was pretty excited to get to go out of the airport and we were still going to spend a few days in Kathmandu, and I think at that point i was I was starting to get a little tired, so I was okay with the trip coming to an end but it it was a great trip and and it definitely inspired me to want to continue to travel and, and stay in in good shape and so that I can be able to do more adventures like that.
0: What's the next adventure?
1: I'm not sure, George, I'm thinking about, <laughs> it's like I'm toying with the idea of, of biking again and, and maybe doing some ultra endurance racing again. I I, but the, I also know I, I want to go to the Galapagos islands and go diving around there. And I have some interest in South America going on the Amazon river and, going in some of the remote villages, things like that.
0: Well, Pamela Creech, it's been great visiting with you, and I sure appreciate you sharing all those photos, and uh, great talking with you. Thank you very much.
1: George, thank you. It's been my pleasure, and it's great to talk to you, and I'm happy to share any of my trips anytime with you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Well, again, happy May Day, and from a snowy boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.